and special editions of The Secret Show and also The Deep End. 845-482-4141. We've been trying to raise $1,000 during this hour. We still have some time as we get into the local edition for you to call and help us out because uh, we want to thank Diana. Thank you so much to Diana. And also thanks to Anonymous now. We have just $610 to go towards it. So if you have $600 and you could give it now at the last minute, that would really help us out with this goal. 845-482-4141. I know you have it. So pull over and give us a call now at 845-482-4141. Donate online at WJFFradio.org. The local edition is coming up in a little while. Monticello. You're listening to Radio Catskill, your NPR station for the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. Hello, and welcome to The Local Edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Friday evening, Patricio Robayo. It's Friday. We made it. Thank you for spending your Friday evening with me. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe. We have a packed show for you tonight. In the second half of the show, we introduce you to one of the candidates vying for the seat in the Sullivan County Legislature in District 8, Justin Picciotti. Also on the show, we'll have information on early voting in the Sullivan County, which starts tomorrow. But it's Friday on the local edition, and then every other Friday we check in with the one and only Chris Rowley of the Schwanker Journal. And remember, it's our four fun drives, so give us a call here at 845-482-4141 or donate online at wjffradio.org. We have folks here in the studio waiting for your phone call. So first off, Chris, we have some big news coming out of Ellenville. Um, there is a shop right that's closing. Now, it might say people may say, "Hey, it's just a supermarket," but a shop right in a place like Ellenville is very important. That's a big deal. Yes, this is something that has been expected for the last couple of years, from because of COVID, because of various changes in brick and mortar retail. Anyway, the news came at the weekend that Wakefern, the parent company for the ShopRite stores, is going to close the Allenville Washington store next summer. At first, they said it would be October. Then their statement, it was revealed it would be sometime in the summer. They haven't actually identified a date yet. Anyway, that is a big blow to to the area, to the community. It is the only really large full-size supermarket we have, and without it, People will be forced to choose between Peter's, which is a small supermarket, doesn't have that degree of choices, and Walmart, which everybody knows and most people don't particularly like. It's, it's a, it, it feels like uh, we've lost something. We're going to lose something important. Now, all the associates, all the employees will be offered positions in nearby ShopRite stores. And there are lots of shopwise stores. So these people will be offered jobs in Monticello, New Paltz, Liberty, Wallkill, and Montgomery. I don't think, I, I don't know how many of them will not take up that offer, but I think there will be a transfer of those people out to those stores. Um, the local comment was negative, of course. Most people really were quite aghast that, that this is happening. 
However, it has long been maintained, although it's never been, we've never been able to ascertain any truth to this, but it's always been maintained that this particular shop right was not a high owner for Wakefern. So it was a difficult location, and part of that might be because of the Walmart having come in. That said, this shop right had a big fire in 2011 and was basically almost entirely redone. The interior was completely cleaned out and it was all refurbished and made into a nice, bright, new 21st century store. Anyway, speaking as one who shops there now and then, it will be missed. And of course, now the question is, will another mainline grocery chain come in and and try to take its place? I spoke yesterday, or, or actually, yes, yesterday with Scott Mushkin, who is one of the top food industry analysts in the USA. Mushkin noted that Walmart has been making a big push on what they call fresh. That's everything that doesn't come in a box. And the bigger effort there is in response to Amazon getting into Walmart's box business and also an attempt to push Walmart further into groceries. And it's kind of an attack on the other grocery chains, Price Chopper and uh, so on. Anyway, so that's one thing to take a note of. He thought that any of the main chains would be very cautious about taking that spot because of the proximity of the Walmart. However, he pointed to Aldi, which is German, a German supermarket chain that that primarily brings in most of its stuff with German labels from Germany. Yeah. Uh, it's a very different approach. Aldi has been very aggressive in putting smaller supermarkets all over the place. And I believe there are several now in Sullivan County, as well as the one in Middletown. So there's a possibility, and we wouldn't lose out too much if we got an Aldi instead of the ShopRite. However, he also pointed out that if a smaller-scale local operator were to come in, it might be the best solution, since they would be freer if they were truly small and local to arrange for local produce, local meats, local everything, yeah. uh, and, and and stay outside of the big distribution systems that the uh, that all the mainstream mainstream grocer, grocers uh, employ. So anyway, we'll have to see. It's going to be tough, and who knows whether anything else will come in there or not. Um, and just as a note, we can say because we have these numbers. That the that the the plaza that Shoprite sits in was actually sold to this new outfit this year in March for eight million one hundred something one hundred seventy thousand something like that, uh, which was like about a million plus less than what the previous owners paid for it in two hundred two one. So that shows a little bit about the way that major money regards brick-and-mortar retail stores at this point. The whole sector is under pressure. And Musk had made this point over several times, which is you've got Amazon, you're moving into it for things like well, all the things that come in boxes. And you've got Walmart making a big effort with that too. And there's a thing that all those delivery options are now called the omni-channel. The more of that you get, the more pressure there is on the margins of classic brick-and-mortar supermarkets. Anyway, a complicated thing for us at this point and definitely a problem in the near future for the Ellenville-Walworthing area. And we will be following this story. Watch the Shangam Journal. 
uh, or listen to this radio show for updates there. I definitely can see how that could be bad situation when in this so a lack of supermarkets in the area and the shop right who people are used to going to and, and are are you know every week going to buy the groceries may have to travel further to get their groceries. Let's move on to another topic here. I know Jen Mesker, the county executive, held a community gathering. What can you tell us about this? Last night in the Trudy Farber building in Ellenville, which is coming to life bit by bit, hmm. uh, Ulster County Executive Jen Metzger hosted a another community gathering that is investigating the need and use of social services in the community, but this time in Spanish. Brought out people from those communities, and of course they're they're not just one. They're several different communities. And there were representatives of those communities there. And the issues that came up were very interesting. Obviously, this is a number that, that we all can understand immediately, housing, because we have this general shortage of, of rental housing and it's getting very expensive to live here. That's one side of it. But another one that came up that kind of surprised me was the Department of Motor Vehicles has a problem, which I've got to investigate this story, with the bus that they send down to Ellenville as a kind of mobile DMV office every so often. I think it comes on a regular thing, but I've never actually had to use it because I've always gone to Kingston instead. However, it turns out that it has a problem in that its, its internet connection is not very good and it, it, the computers freeze up and they often can't deal with people. People can't really get what they need done at this mobile DMV, which is Nuts, but there you go. That's <laughs> one of those issues. I'm going to investigate that uh, and see uh, what sort of plans um, the DMV in Ulster County has for remedying this problem, which is way, way too much. And then with that topic moved on into transportation and UCAT, which is going to have more buses and so on. But for people who need to have a car and use a car, the DMV is an essential thing, and we People in Ulster County of all for all familiar with standing on those lines in the <laughs> on First Street in the on the ground floor of that big building, and we'll have to see how how this plays out. But that was a, an interesting uh, thing to come out of this meeting. Also, we had a, there was a great kind of presentation virtually out of Nilsari Lewis Rivera, who is the Warwashing Director of Recreation on all sorts of things that could be put in place for the youth in Ellenville. And she's looking out and looking around at all the local communities, Monticello, looking down to Goshen, looking to Kingston, to see what everybody's doing in terms of bringing things like the YMCA and other kind of groups that can provide after-school activities for young people so that they have something to do other than just either hang out in the streets or sit at home. Anyway, that was that. It was a good meeting, and it was, for me, as I said a little earlier, it was a little bit like having a Spanish language class that mm -hmm. I hadn't actually signed up for. But <laughs> maybe if I have another 50 of them, I'll begin to get a little bit. You start picking up some, some of the words there. Yeah. I'll, if I do that and I watch a lot more Mexican football. Yeah, that's your word. That's my, my father's from Ecuador. That's how he learned English was basically watching TV. There you go. Yeah. And if I lived in, in Mexico or Ecuador or whatever, I would watch football all the time and try <laughs> to get, get going. So anyway, there we go. All right. Good talking with you. Good stuff. And uh, everybody be careful. Thank you so much, Chris. That was Chris Rowley from the Schwankwink Journal. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We're talking to a candidate for District 8, Justin Picciotti. We'll be right back.
You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Welcome back to The Local Edition. This election season, we are providing election coverage and engaging conversations with candidates from Pike, Wayne, and Sullivan County. Tonight, we'll be focusing on District 8 in Sullivan County. I had a chance earlier to sit down with Justin Picciotti, who is running for the seat on the Sullivan County Legislature. Here's a conversation between me and Justin. When we moved up here, the intent was never to, to really get involved but through meeting people and having discussions about what goes on in this county and this in this area, the amount of mistrust and feeling not represented in disenfranchisement just sparked a little bit in me and my wife. And we were like, it's time to get involved. And we didn't know exactly how. So we, my wife is now on the school board and in the PTA. And I started poking around for ways to get involved in the government or town or something. And uh, yeah, it was the opportunity presented itself. Ira was going to retire and they asked me if I was interested. So I threw my hat in the ring and said, let's go for it. And going through all that process and stuff like that, when really diving into what's going on and how things are run and the egos and all that stuff like that, it's, it was just time to get motivated and get in and, and let's change the way we are, our reputation, the way we are looked at and how we operate. And you're not originally from Sullivan County. You're from New York City or... We Yeah, we were in the city for about 15 years. I'm originally from South Jersey, right outside Philadelphia. So I'm an East Coast guy. And just, so we were there for 15 years, moved up here in 2018 and was just looking to, to get in nature and have a little more family time and build a little quiet homestead. And, and then now we're here. Now we're, now we're getting involved. So. so now that you're here in Sullivan County, you realize that county is very big in rural in the sense that it takes a long time to get from one end of the county to the other. So rural healthcare access is really a critical concern. We see what's happening with the local hospitals in the past and the recent years. They have cut some services here and there, shift a lot of things out to Middletown. So what are your initiatives or proposals or what are you thinking about that you can ensure residents in remote areas of the county still have access to quality healthcare? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big issue here. Uh, we, we're definitely, what are we, 60th in uh, health rankings for the state. Uh, so we're obviously not getting the job done. You know, my mother-in-law was at the care center from 2019 to 2022. So we, we saw firsthand the care once they turned it over to infinite care and we saw that care go real down. And it's a good example. And now with the hospital, it, it, this for-profit care, healthcare is substandard care. And it, it, it's just, the nature of the beast, it's if your bottom line is the most important thing, or if it's at least your second most important thing, it's still a, too big of a factor when we're talking about people's health and access to, to care. Things we want to do, I definitely would like to take back control of the care center and run it efficiently and make it make money so that we can reinvest it into that care center and pr- produce good quality jobs and more services that people need. We need to do something about make sure that the hospital is giving us more services and growing and not just doing services that make them money and pushing everything else off to outside of county because that's the problem is we have a lot of transports that go out of county and then we're left with a lack of ambulance and EMTs and stuff like that. So yeah, and then to go onto it, which I know touches into the opioid crisis, it's 
mental health services, mental health access, crisis and recovery. We need to work on all these things. We got to just, we got a lot of areas we got to bolster and we got to work efficiently and be smart about our money and, and do the right things and just keep trying and bring that community in to really push us forward. We are the home of Woodstock. Tourism is a huge economic engine for our county. Any ideas, proposals that you want to help encourage, continue encouraging tourism into our county, yet still address the concerns that some residents have with the increased population that we have now, a huge growth population boost post-pandemic. Folks are coming from the city. So how can you encourage the growth, but still address the concerns of residents who are living here full-time? Tourism has always been a very big part of the revenue generator in, in the county. And it's going to continue to be that way for a long time. So we need to to make smart decisions about our tourism and how we promote it and what we do. And right now, the current legislator is asking for requests for proposals for other vendors instead of our visitors association, which for years and years keeps growing and doing better and better. And that's just one instance there where it's bad business practice. If you have a business and you have something that's working well and generating revenue and doing all the things that they say they're going to accomplish – you don't take money away from them and give it to something else and try something new. You, you bolster that as much as you can. As far as other, we do have to diversify. We do have to get outside of just tourism. We need to bolster opportunities. We need to try to figure out bringing some industries back and new industries and stuff like that so we can get good quality jobs for people. But then that also gets into our reputation. I know right now people are watching what goes on in our legislator. And they're not looking to invest in a county that is, is screaming at each other, acting in poor faith, doing deals behind closed doors. And it's one man's word and, and four people saying yes to it. That's not going to work for anybody who wants to invest in us. Talking about development, there was a lot of talk before the pandemic about warehouses coming to Sullivan County. There was a rumor at one point that Amazon was going to open a warehouse close to, close to, to Route 17. But from what I've seen in my reporting, is that warehouses do happen a hard time sometimes at the planning board. The perfect example I can think of is Rock Hill. There is a proposal to put a large warehouse at the dead-end road Rock Hill Drive. It has a lot of people upset because the potential of increased traffic to the area. If those who don't know, Rock Hill is a small hamlet in Thompson. And at the intersection, the main intersection, that doesn't have any stoplights. It's just stop signs. So with the talks of increased truck traffic, with the talk of installing sidewalks and barriers. I guess there's a fine line between the growth and wanting to diversify your economic base here, but at the same time, keep what makes the Catskills great, the rivers and ponds. Managed growth, it, it, you have to allow some growth. If we don't grow, we die. And it's pretty much in all businesses and all towns and everything. If you don't grow, but you want to manage the growth, we want to protect what it is we love about this place, which is a lot of the nature and, and, and quietness. And so we don't want it hustling and bustling, but we also, we need jobs. We need things that are going and warehouses and shipping is where the future is because everybody's buying everything online. Everybody's getting things shipped. It's a growing, but yeah, it's, it's about trying to work with developers and, and business leaders, if they're going to bring stuff in, how we can do it so it minimizes the impact on why we love our beauty, but also allows us to give opportunities to people who need jobs. You mentioned earlier about what's happening in the current legislature. In recent years, there's been a noticeable increase in public disagreements, infighting among members of the Sullivan County legislature. As you look to the future, what step do you tend to take to address the issue and foster a better cooperation among your fellow legislators? Yeah, it's like I said earlier, it's reputation. We got to look professional if we want 
professionals to come here. It's what I can bring to the table is in my career as a photographer, it's a unique job in that each day you're with a whole new team of all different personalities, very creative people who have very strong opinions and, but you have a set of goals you need to get done and you have to get those things done. So everybody gets paid and gets hired for the next job maybe. And so you do, you just, whatever it is, maybe you don't get along with somebody, you put that aside and you get the task done and you move on. And then the next day it's, it's just a whole new group of people and you got to do the same thing over again. And it, it's one quality I do have. I can see things from a lot of different angles from that experience and learn how to respectfully be opinionated about where your position is. The other thing is we want to foster. I know our slate is very committed to fostering. Each district is very diverse in its needs and it's what it has and the people. And that's the whole point of the legislators. You have nine people up there who are representing a different demographic in each one. And you need to hear from everybody because you might not think of something because your constituency is just seeing it this way, where then my constituency goes, if you do that, this does that to us. And you, so you got to have all those opinions. You got to hear from everybody. Even if you don't agree with them, you got to hear it. You got to try to not just hear it, but you got to listen and and really understand where they're coming from. And then if you still are on that point of view, fine, stand up and be strong about your opinion. But if you're not listening to people, you're not going to progress together. Rob Doherty, who is currently the chairman of the legislature, if he wins his seat again, and if you're also on the legislature, and he most likely he would like to be the chairman again. Would you vote for him to be the chair? Absolutely not. I think he has shown his true colors over his tenure here. He's just found guilty for defaming another legislator. It's He's not working with anybody. He's very bullish, calling names, starting that stuff. It's again, goes back to the reputation. If people are seeing outside that our leader of our county is acting this way, that's it's not a it's not a welcoming mat for people to come in and invest in our community. So you're running in District Eight against Amanda Ward. So why should folks vote for you over your opponent? Why you should vote for me over my opponent? My opponent's had her turn. These are facts. This isn't dirt slinging, but she's had her turn. She ran for this position in 2011. She in 2015 committed was found guilty of committing election fraud for her petitioning to get on the seat for the judgeship of Fallsburg. She. When she was on the bench, she eventually was criminal charges were being brought against her by the state judicial committee. And she was basically got that typical option with people in power. You you can resign and we won't pursue this. And that's what she took. So she resigned and pledged never to basically run for office again, as far as a judge. And that was three years ago. So now with the way everything's working with the mistrust that we have going on and the people doing what they feel is best for them and not for everyone. I don't think we can trust. I don't think we can trust her. I think her true colors are shown in her ability, her experience of being part of the community in that sense. And I think it's a big mistrust. Now I don't have the experience of running a legislator, neither does she, but what I am is I'm an honest person who brings reasonable thought to the process looking to work with anybody who has good ideas. I don't care if you have an R next to your name or an independent or a Democrat. If you got a good idea, I'm on board. I don't have the ego and I don't want the, I don't need the claim. I don't need the credit. I don't want the accolades. I want, want results now for this County. So my kids and your kids can all have the opportunity to stay here and have a happy and productive life. We were talking to Justin Picciotti, who's running for district eight for the upcoming election. Thank you so much for joining us on the program and letting us know your thoughts on the issues. Thanks for having me. 
Keeping on election news, tomorrow starts early voting in Sullivan County. Dan Hoost, the communications manager for Sullivan County, was on Radio Chatskill this morning talking to Tim Bruno about early voting. Here's what you need to know before you go to the polls. Yes, we actually have early voting starting tomorrow, October 28th, uh, here in Sullivan County. This is a chance for you to probably skip some of the longer lines and the crowds that you might face uh, on Election Day itself and vote uh, maybe when you're out doing the shopping in Monticello or Liberty. We have got convenient locations that we are opening up. This is the first general election early voting where we have two locations that you can vote at. Typically, it's the Sullivan County Government Center. Um, It is um, uh, 100 North Street, Monticello, right in our lobby, um, which is very accessible. But also, if you're closer to the Liberty area, our public health building, known as the Gladys Olmsted building, that's the actual uh, word, uh, the words on the side of the building, 50 Community Lane in Liberty. That's part of our social services campus. Mm-hmm. If you're not sure exactly where that is, if you uh, go down Sunset Lake Road past our Veterans Cemetery and you turn left into our social services campus, stay on that driveway as it curves up the hill and around, and that is our public health building, and we will have early voting there as well. Starts at 9 a.m. tomorrow, runs till 5 p.m., same hours on Sunday and Monday. Then on Tuesday, we do noon to 8 p.m. We'll also be doing that on Thursday um, just to give people a chance who might be busy from 9 to 5, a chance to early vote as well. And then the other days that we have, running through November 5th, will be 9 to 5. Then, of course, we have Election Day itself, which will be on Tuesday the 7th. We're going to take a quick break on Monday the 6th uh, because our Board of Election staff will have worked over yeah. a week on long hours uh, to make sure people could early vote. And then, of course, Election Day itself is where we have, I think we have close to to 60 voting locations throughout Sullivan County that will be open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. On election day, uh, we will not uh, be doing the, uh, well, we actually will be doing the government center there, but the public health location won't be. You'll need to be going to your local polling place. And something important to know about this, mm-hmm. if you are in the townships of Calicoon or Liberty, Fallsburg, Mamacating, or Thompson, and I say townships, so like town of Calicoon is Jeffersonville Calicoon Center. It's not the hamlet of Calicoon. Um, but those townships uh, in the Liberty Fallsburg, like Wurtsboro, Bloomingburg, Monticello areas, it's entirely possible that your local polling location has changed. So you should have gotten a card earlier this year from our Board of Elections about that. A lot of people throw them away, though. They don't pay attention to to, When you mention that now, I'm like thinking, where did I put that? (laughs) I didn't throw it away, (laughs) but where did I put it? It's probably under a pile of things. I'm going to look in my desk drawer. Well, or you can just give a call to our Board of Elections, okay. 845-807-0400, and they can answer for you right over the phone where your local polling location because you'll give them your address, and they'll look it up and say, okay, this is where you're going to be voting. I'm glad you said that because I just think, oh, I'll just go to where I usually go. Mm, I'll go to the youth center, yes. but maybe it's not there. Yes. If you double check. Live, if you live, like I said, in the townships of Calicoon, Liberty, Fallsburg, Mamacating, or Thompson, because of the redistricting that we went through a yeah. few years ago, uh, the polling location for you may have changed. It may not have, but it may have changed. So if you got that card and you're already sure of it, great. But if you aren't, Give a call or a visit to our Board of Elections. They will let you know exactly where you need to vote because we want everyone who wants to vote 
to get that opportunity to do so without any more hassle than just getting there. And and vote. It's a it's a local election that's very important, mm-hmm. especially in Sullivan County. There, uh, all the seats on the legislature are, are up. Uh, and also in the other counties, as we've been reporting, a lot of those seats, uh, and, uh, up, uh, we talked to the Delaware, uh, County Board of Elections the other day, and they have, uh, of their 19 towns, all but two of them have new supervisors that are, or, or the, yeah. uh, the seats for supervisor are, are open. Uh, so an important time to vote. Uh, it's not a national election, but this is actually even more important to infect what's going on in your backyard. In fact, there are very few, I'm not sure if there are even any election districts in Sullivan County where there isn't at least one contested race. And when I say contested, these are local folks vying for your vote. This is not some national election. This is people who you probably know or have run into who can affect your lives directly in ways uh, much more immediately impactful than the federal or even state levels can. That's right. Early voting starts tomorrow. And that does it for the local edition. We'll be back on Monday. We do this all over again. On Monday, I'll be speaking to the Sullivan County Public Safety Commissioner, Scott Schultz, who just came back from fighting fires in Israel. He'll tell us about his experiences. And then we'll talk to the Sullivan County Board of Election folks, continuing our election coverage. If you ever miss a show, guess what? We have a podcast. You can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Google, Apple, Stitcher. Search for WJFF, the local edition. Subscribe, share, tell your friends. Find us on social media. We're at WJFF Radio Catskill. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, you name it, we're there. You can visit our website, WJFFRadio.org. Remember, we are in our whole fun drive. Give us a call here. I'm here. So late tonight, 845-482-4141 or donate online at WJFFRadio.org. Coming up for you is Daily. If you love programs like local news we have here and switch it over to national news, then donate online at wjffradio.org. <laughs>